So, hey everyone, Daniel here. Um, today I'm talking uh, with Justin Lamb um, from the, he's actually the owner and creator of 360 Media, um, a photography agency. Um, and uh, Justin uh, essentially has been in the business for quite some time, has worked with Sortbase and uh, Nintendo and a couple of others. And uh, today we're gonna learn all about his experience on starting a photography business and beyond. As you're gonna learn, uh, Justin is so much more than a photographer. So, welcome to the show, Justin. Thank you. So, tell me a little bit about um, you in a nutshell. Like, when somebody asks you, what do you do? What do you tell them uh, very straightforwardly? Like, so I guess it depends on who I'm talking to. So if I'm talking to uh, entrepreneur, person who's just getting started up. Um, I'm a person who helps take their idea, their concept of business, and help distill that down into tangible bite-sized pieces for the masses. That's sweet. So that way they can consume it, and we do that in a visual medium. So we do it through photo, video, uh, whether it's a ground-level activation where we're doing photo booths, collecting data, um, however that might be to engage in a person's brand. If I'm talking to a marketing agency, um, I am their bolt-on uh, production agency. So generally they work with high-level concepts and then they come and ask somebody like us to do the production. So we can bridge the gap between high-level strategies um, all the way down to the production end of things. So we can source uh, actors, doing scripting, um, you know, and then production work. So. Uh, I think agencies like us in that regard because we don't just come up and do work. We know, we understand the global concepts that go behind it, the strategy portion, and then we're able to translate that and then affect that into a, a medium that is going to be effective to the target end consumer. Very cool, very cool. That's awesome. How long have you been doing this? So it's been, well, coming up to 20 years. Um, okay. Started officially like the the business in 2002. Okay. Um, I mean, prior to that, I was doing a little bit of portrait work and not necessarily really running a business business, but it wasn't until 2002 decided to get serious, sign the dotted line on being a business, and then started that whole journey. Very cool. Awesome. So it's been quite a while. Um, how do you get the best results when you actually walk into a cold environment essentially when you do like those photo shoots how do you prepare for those well generally if somebody's come to contact us for uh, a particular event or a particular project um, i generally have a very good understanding of what that person's brand voice looks like to begin with so um, whether it is a accounting firm or a sole, sole entrepreneur um, i do a little bit of digging and research about that person and their space um, and so I get to dig in the minds of the people who kind of live in that space for them as, as their end consumer. And from there, that's where I decide, you know, what we decide to do in terms of a look, a pose, um, the type of content that we produce or capture. Um, that's when we start to ask pertinent questions um, that give us a little bit more teeth in the actual production work. So, you know, it's asking them what their brand palette is. It's asking the age demographic of the people who consume it, um, the, the shopping habits, um, you know, and putting all of those things together, then we kind of think in the mind of the consumer, well, how do we then target them? And so then we ask our client, mm -hmm. um, 
you know, what is it that's, you know, how are you going to distribute that? Like, how are you going to reach that final end consumer? And we make sure that they have all their ducks in a row because if they don't, what often happens and where I think a lot of people get frustrated is when they have these ideas about getting great photography, but they never have the right vehicles right. to necessarily go and put it out there. And that's, that's the hard part. Um, they feel like they're going to be out there. Sorry about that. But yeah, no, you can continue. Okay. Just two seconds. I forgot to press display. There you go. Sorry about that. So, go back to that. It's mm -hmm. um, when a person goes and has an idea of to take photos and to put it on social media, I think a lot of times they don't really know what that really means or how to get the most right. equity out of it, the, the return on investment, um, and or they don't understand what they're looking for in terms of uh, an ROI. And so for us, it's helping them understand uh, not only what that vehicle looks like in terms of the photo or the video, but it's also what type of tires we're putting on the road. So, you know, whether it's through a social medium, it's whether through uh, a blog article, whether they're using pay-per-click or SEM, right. um, you know, all those things come into play on how we position some of that material that we're producing, especially in video, um, where we look at, you know, what is a person going to see and where are they going to come across it you know how much time do i have to hook them um right. you know or or how is that person already a warm lead versus a cold lead okay. um, and so all these things have to come into play when yeah, they yeah, go yeah. and do it so and that will all be part of your research yeah so that's all the stuff that we do either we uh pre-production where we go in when we first meet the client to get an idea um or if it's an event of some sort somebody's hired us tr purely for a transactional purpose right. um, and not wanting to do, really do the legwork they just kind of want a person to show up take some photographs we still do our research a little bit more about you know who they're they're delivering to we take a look at their social media feeds to see you know what type of stuff do they really like to push out what does the look and color of that look like so we know you know what we're bringing to the table how we photograph it sometimes how we decide to light it um, cool. you know yeah, yeah if they're not if they're like ambient people talking all the time uh, they might not want as many people looking at camera so you know right. we just kind of keep all of those things into, hmm. into very consideration cool. very interesting that's a lot more details than we think right so I listened to you and clearly you're not just a photographer right um, that's the service that you lead to but what's the primary focus of what you want to do like well where I want to take the space so uh, I'll back that up um, where we started was photography and mm -hmm. then we grew into the other visual mediums, so videography, um, you know, and then doing things like photo booth. Uh, the end game of it was really, um, we wanted to work as, uh, an agency. I think as a small entrepreneur, okay. we spoke, we focused so much of our time and money into trying to make our businesses take off. Right. And I think a lot of the time, a lot of that money is burned primarily because we as entrepreneurs just think that we either need a fancy new website, a new logo, um, we need pictures, but we don't necessarily know what to do with all of those assets. Okay. We just feel like everybody needs them. We just feel that need of everybody, that yeah, we a, need something. It's a shiny new object, and, right. and a lot of it is, is uh, it's a procrastination tactic in, in, its, in its purest form, because if your message was good, you could write it on a pizza box, and it wouldn't matter. People would still buy into Absolutely. whatever it is. So, so what I want to evolve uh, 360, and which is sort of in transition now, is we want to work in a space where we get to help 
SMEs, so small and medium-sized enterprises, mm -hmm. um, refine their marketing techniques um, and and get real bang for their buck and not burn their money where, you know, money really isn't present in a lot of times where Absolutely. like you know they're they're struggling to make rent or they're 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 struggling to expand. And what I want is to help them overcome some of those pitfalls that you know we ran into when we first started um, that we see some of our clients struggle through. Right. Um, and you know we spent a copious amount of money in terms of branding, um, you know, building websites that were. 10,000 and then building websites that were 1,000. Um, so we're moving through that whole whole right. ride and there's some things that were tried, tested and true. Mm -hmm. Things that I thought, you know, when you spend money, you're spending it in a good place. Right. And then there are things where like money was just burned and you know. We Can you mean, give me an example of that? So, I mean, we had a person who did a website um, and you know, at the time I knew a little bit of coding, not a lot of coding, okay. uh, and so this person, you know, did it. He did the wireframing, which I understood, um, but then simple things like you know changing text on a on a uh, an image would then be this laborious thing where he actually embedded the text on my image instead of having an ex you know a, a, an making the whole yeah makes over yeah. And so what ended up happening is, is I would have to burn money to get him to change one little thing. And I was lucky because I knew enough code to go in and figure out what he did and how right. he Frankenstein the website together. <laughs> and what costed me 10 grand, I could have done probably for a third of the amount of money, um, you know, with anybody who was remotely competent. And that was, right. that was frustrating because that means that there are other people who are in that space. And I don't mind. I mean, I, I'm not about the bottom line. I'm about the value that that presents well, to me, thing, right? right? Um, and, and what, what I want to do is, is I want to provide that value proposition to uh, business owners where that when they're hiring us, they're hiring more than their photographer. They're hiring more than just a person who helping them with a piece of content right. is that I want to look at their entire business, um, you know, from a very macro perspective first. I mean, unless the person really wants to get down the nitty gritty, the best I can do is look at from a macro perspective and see where we can improve their rate of return. Mm -hmm. whether it re relates to the visual medium or not. Right. But basically put my money where my mouth is. It's like, if I could save you $1,000 in some part of your business that you are clearly struggling with, then that $1,000, I think I would deserve to then put into my budget as production. Okay. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I rather, rather than say, I just want to spend your money and give you nothing in return, I would rather save the equivalent amount of money that right. I charge and give you the value because then I think the value exchange is, is there. It's like if a person was able to bring me $500 piece of business for $100 outlay and could do it consistently, I'd sign the check every day, yeah, right? Yeah. It's 5x your money. Yeah. But that's what not that's not what everybody sees or that's not how this industry generally works. Like I think at least in the small business space where a lot of people are working on their process, like right. the small agencies or shops and they're dealing with their stuff. I think that there's a disconnect between what value really is yes, um, totally. and what, what they're totally willing to charge that. for it. And, and you know, I, I, we, in the wedding side of photography, it's really rampant. It's like, you know, you can price yourself high and, you know, if you value your work at this point, somebody else will value it. And, and that's only half of the truth, half the right? Because right. the other half of the truth is, Yes, if they take you at face value, that's great. But if they're not willing to refer you, 
exactly. afterwards. Right. Then is that really your face value? You're Absolutely actually not, not worth that much. That person experienced you because you were a good salesman. Right, exactly. But you didn't provide the same value for the person gushed over you and said, hey, and handed you to the next person because that's the real litmus test, right? right. And, and that's and that's where we Yeah, lie. referrals is like, that's, that's where the money really is, right? Mm -hmm. Very cool, awesome. Um, so you started um, 360 Media in 2002. How did you build it to what it is today? We build it like everybody should build their business. Okay. Um, that's... What's the three points like well, that you would say are like no-brainers if I had not done that? I mean, I'll probably not be where I'm at today. Well, in the service, in particularly the service industry, I think you need to spend your time with people. So yeah. that's your own internal staff, if you have staff. Right. If you're the one-man show, then you spend some time on yourself. That's through, through self-education. <laughs> not too much. Gets, <laughs> gets yeah. confusing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then the, the, the real equity are the people, the, the clients that you do have. It's right. servicing them. Um, it's making sure that their needs are met. It's making sure that you're caring above and beyond. Right. Um, and then it's, it's the same with your vendors or referral sources. So not just necessarily the end clients, but a lot of my business was built where everybody was spending their time on social media and building, uh, you know, paper clicks, building their blogs, building, you know, like their community equity. Mm -hmm. uh, I spent my time shaking hands and meeting people, taking them out for lunch, trying to understand how I could add value to their business um, without them having to spend a dime on mine. Right. right? So I reversed it and I spent all that time doing that. Um, and you know the short game was like yeah I might not have grown to popularity as fast as some of my other contemporary peers but now the long game of it is is they're suffering because the shiny new object is over like everybody's burnt out all of that right. blog the paper clicks are now six seven times the, the price, price of what they were yeah, right um, you know social media like Facebook nerfed all the the, the fan pages, like now you're pepped and paid for everything. And so now they're suffering. Um, and, but the, the long game for me was, I have all these deep relationships with people that I spent the last decade with, um, helping their businesses grow, helping them improve their, their, um, their notoriety, um, right. improving their, their life, adding value to them. Um, and, and so they remember that, they remember like I was the person who maybe helped catapult them to another level in their business, or I was the the, the catalyst to help them move to a new business um, that they're they're currently working for, or that like I gave them the chops to go out and start right. a business, or I salvaged their business where they were originally suffering and maybe didn't have that long runway to work mm -hmm. with, and then you know through Over some time, coaching, some sense. help, yeah, um, and and some you know real real heart to heart talks. Um, helping their business then turn around and thrive. And people don't forget that, right? No, um, absolutely. That, that equity doesn't go away. So, exactly. you know, we also then develop that trust relationship that when I refer or I tell them that this is something you should do, I think they take it a lot more seriously. Right. Um, and there are times where I decline. It's like, you know, what you think you need right now isn't what you need. You have other bigger printing problems. You should go address that. And that honesty is what really keeps yeah, that drive. Okay. Um, for us, it's... The, the first thing that we think about is, you know, um, how are we going to add value? And it's not about anything more than wanting somebody else to be successful. That's right. not, not only externally, but internally within our studio. Very nice. Uh, you mentioned that uh, some of those people um, 
took advantage of social media at the time versus you were more shaking hands. Don't you think that overall, long term, that's going to hurt? Like just having that need of being always face to face? I mean, how scalable is that to some degree? Well, I don't think social media is any different. In, in fact, I think social media has become the, the vagus of, of, of what I do you know, in terms of Facebook. So now Facebook you apply networking. all that. Yeah, because what, what people are doing now on social media is me, 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 <laughs> right? Um, it's no different than when you go to Vegas and you're walking down the strip and the guys are sitting there with a, with a, with a business card flicking in your face because, you know, they just want you to pick it up. They're salesmen. Um, right. But there's no real social equity, right? And the no. people who are killing it are people who really have social equity in it. Like, they're really like taking the time to listen to people, involve themselves in conversations, mm -hmm. develop a relationship. And that's no different than what I do for person to person. Um, it's taking the time out and it's just, rather than doing it in a digital world, I decided to do it face to face because I value interactions. And you know, when you're a person mm -hmm. halfway around the world having a conversation with me, it might come to fruition, but the honest truth about that is, is chances are it's just gonna be your fan from around another you know, from the other point of the globe. And right. is that gonna affect the bottom line of business? Likely not. Um, but the relationships that I have here, if I need a hand, if, you know, if I have a question about something, I can still go to these people right. um, in my own market and get their take on it. Um, you know, and I just, I decide that giving and being, you know, present with one person, I think just goes a lot farther. And there, there, there are sayings that go around that you just need to find, you know, your first 1,000. And yeah. that 1,000 doesn't have to be on social media. I could have that in one-to-one -one interactions. Oh, yeah. Um, and in fact, I think when you're face-to-face, -face, mm -hmm. there's not much you can hide. Absolutely. They play poker, not right? right? <laughs> they are behind the, 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 the screen, mm -hmm. you can type something, erase it, retype it, until you feel like right. that's a good response. Good response. So yeah. then how authentic are you? But you know, the, the contrast to that would be, I'm sitting here in front of you. There's that level of, there's that level of authenticity that, mm -hmm. that I can pick up, you know, when you're playing poker, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, unless you're really good at it, but like, you know, you can pick up if that person is being genuine with you okay. or whether, you know, that piece of business they promised you is really going to come to fruition right. or are they just talking out of their ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, for me, that's the powerful part of it. And I enjoy it. I, I enjoy taking people out, go watch a hockey game, go for a walk. Absolutely. Have, super fun. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I can't, I can't take my, well, I could, but I mean, you could take a phone and go and watch a hockey game you know together, what? right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we could do that in VR, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that's too funny. Um, okay, very interesting. Now, I'm just curious to see how scalable, you know. Again, um, do you see yourself as an agency? Well, a 360 I mean, if you say an agency is a collective people who are working as a proxy to somebody, Yes and no. To a digital agency or strategy, marketing strategist, mm -hmm. I am a production agency. Okay. Right? To a solopreneur, I mean, you could call us an agency. Um, I mean, there's but just so you, many different. Do you see that as your business as an agency? I think that's where it will eventually go. I mean, I'm so nose to the grindstone, and, and I kind of know where I want to go with everything. Uh, and, and I guess. Maybe I just don't like the word agency. That's what I could feel. I think maybe it's the word agency kind of bugs okay. me because I think of it, the connotation that um, as an as an agency we are and and, and you know 
full disclosure, like like the word agency is on our Instagram and whatever as a right. as a brand engagement agency. But I think I use the word agency more so as a word that kind of because you don't have that many words you can use in the description right. <laughs> and it just sort of encompasses but what right. I am is really a partner like a vendor that that's uh, what I want to be I want to be like well, I basically next... want to be like a, a, a department for any given company as a bolt-on department to do shit that really affects right. the bottom line how do you see yourself competing against agencies locally and globally well, I mean, I don't know if it's about competition. I mean, I really don't pay attention to a lot of the people in the space. Oh. Um, like, there are a few people um, that are agencies that I work collaboratively with. And I think, for me, it's there, there are no egos. Like, uh, I'm as happy taking instructions from an agency, you know, who, I have, who have grand visions that just need production, as I am with a person who needs a lot more guidance, right. a lot more brand strategy, a lot more discovery about their business to affect a, a better product. I mean, so for me, there, there's no there's no chip on the shoulder that says that I've gotta be the top level person. I can fit in anywhere anywhere that that needs be in that system, in, right. in, in the hierarchy. I think for me that is important because my ultimate end goal is to serve whoever it is that is the, the client, right? right. Um, and if that client is my is an agency, then I'm serving the agency who's ultimately serving their so end that's user. Suddenly, it's not a competitor. Yeah, so it's not a competitor, and, and in fact, I think more business partner. To yeah, and if an agency views me as a competitor and they they're looking to put me out of business, then that's not going to be the the person that's I'm going to do business with, right. anyways, right? Um, I think you know, by having a person who operates like I choose to operate, I just keep other people around me in this industry. Um, more feet to the fire and being accountable for what they're doing. Right. Um, because the long game for those people who aren't operating at a very ethical level or or not providing enough value to a client is that they're gonna lose the game in the end because they're just ultimately going to run out of people as more more a agencies like me show up. Right. right. Where we're really trying to salvage and, and really be compassionate to the business owner Mm -hmm. who wants to then go to another level and trying to help them find the pitfalls along the way. Very cool. Very nice. Um, let's talk a little bit about technology. So technology in the last 20 years, 30 years has really changed the way we do business. How have you adapted in the last 20 years uh, with your business and all the changes in technology? How do you keep up? Well, my world is huge <laughs> in technology change. Um, okay, so we'll start with like like the actual gear. So the gear, the technology, when I first started was film, I got into the first wave of digital SLRs um, and we changed over from, I wanna say two megapixels, two megapixels to six megapixels to 12 megapixels to now 24 megapixels. That's because megapixels. he's been doing that for a long, long time. Yeah, and so <laughs> like, we've seen all of that change, which is crazy because like, you know, you imagine in 20 years, like that's that's at least three or four sets of camera changes, right? And yeah, we got to change totally. a lot of them because uh, we have a crew of people. And then video went from mini DV. Well, when I started mini DV, we didn't really do tape. So mini DV, um, then to like outputting at 1080 or 720p, 1080p, uh, and now 4K is where we're you know doing a lot of the filming, right? right. So that amount of technology change is like 
financial ruin for many people. <laughs> uh, hobbyists just don't keep up. So people who are getting into the space now are really lucky. Like, because I don't think that in the next little while that you're going to see a really big shift. I don't see 8K coming into fruition, like on your TVs yet. Um, so I think where we're at now is going to be pretty stable for the next few years um, in terms of that camera technology. Right. So anybody getting into the space now can get in way cheaper than it costs oh, yeah, to be for all the upgrades, right? right? Um, you know, half million dollars worth of upgrades till now, you know, like that's like... I mean, it's, it's, it's substantial. Yeah, right. Uh, and then, of course, the computers that then go with it, right? right. So we went from, you know, the Pentium uh, mm -hmm. chip, all the, like, Celeron chips, all the way up to where now we are seven today. Core, yeah, seven, eight cores, yeah, right? We're working with, you know, 32 gigabytes worth of RAM. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're working with NOS systems that are 48 terabytes, mm -hmm. and we archive 24 terabytes every quarter, right? Like internet before wouldn't be able to sustain that so we start stored them on dvds and cds right. and then blu-ray um but those have very short lifespan because like we're not press we're not imprinting them we're lasering them in and so right. that coding disappears after xyz Absolutely. amount of time right um usbs are slow um and, and now we're at USB 3 and you know i imagine that storage just gets faster and faster mm -hmm. because it's the data transfer that matters yes. um so I'm excited to see what 5G brings to the table. Okay. I think that's going to be interesting. Um, from a business aspect, that's, oh man, websites. Oh, <laughs> like, How yeah, heavily would you say your like, team is dependent on technology today? Well, we're highly dependent on technology. We're, we're dependent on a lot of software as a service. Okay. Um, we're, we're, we're pinned into all of our accounting is all software. Um, right. You know, all of our CRM work is all software editing, uh, everything is all technology based, you know, how we keep track of things, um, how we keep things in real time, uh, so that everybody's on track and on pace, right. um, you know, when we're at different locations at any given day. Yeah, technology is a, technology is a is big thing. huge, yeah. 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 But mostly storage and transfer is like the big issue. To some degree. I think now is storage and transfer speeds. You know, if we big. look at where the technology is at, yeah. cameras and I all mean, that. I mean, you're talking yeah. like, like memory cards only transfer, well, I mean, like the ones that we're working with are anywhere between 300 megabits, bits mm -hmm. per second. Um, you know, whereas like we're working with hard drives that are transferring gigabits per second. Right. So we have big bottlenecks, right? You know, totally. what would take, what would take 15 minutes to download a whole card takes like two minutes to transfer into the hard drive, right? right? Like from, from, from hard drive to hard drive, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's exponential, right? So I, I'm excited to see what the wireless capabilities are, but I'm not excited. You think it's going to make a difference for you? I think 5G guys? will make a really big difference, really? but okay. I think it'll also make a very big dent in my wallet book because I think they're going to charge for sure. a premium. Right? <laughs> it's going to yeah, come at a premium price premium for, for sure, that. right? Do you have any plans uh, to future-proof 360 media when it comes down to technology? Um, I don't think there's anything that you can do to feature-proof any business. I think the, the reality of it is, is if you're not nimble and you're not looking farther ahead, if you don't have a good number one who is constantly looking for all the icebergs ahead of, uh, ahead of uh, the, the ship, that you can't really future-proof your business because like, any, any day a, a new disrupting technology, a new disrupting uh, fad can, can completely tank your business. Right. And, and I don't take it for granted any, any day. So, I mean, I try to keep on top of all sorts of technology uh, and I evaluate it for its longevity, its, uh, its ability to, to be trendy and whether or not the financial repercussions of that is going to be viable, right. whether or not if I decide to invest in something like VR, AR, 
um, if I decided to do something like slow motion, like mm -hmm. where is that money going to come back and how long is that runway right. um, before I decide to go go in to do it? Like there are a lot of people, more contemporaries, um, purchased various like photo booths that I looked at and I go, you know, it's not a viable construct. Like you can't, like slow-mo is a fad and you know, the slow-mo right. booths were a fad. It lasted all of a year and a half, two years, and then those it's people. Bad. Uh, I would have been like a six months bad. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, but like you're talking about something where people are dumping in ten thousand dollars to get these yeah. things, and and I looked at it, and I go, not a viable business. Same with. Um, but since you created three sixty media, other than like keeping in touch with the people, what are say would you say is like the key elements that you've done in OPAP throughout your career that kind of kept you on top? I think there's a... Because as you know, like photographers, I mean, there's tons of them that are struggling, not making it, and, you know, really suffering. Uh, but you, I see you on the top of your game and for a long, long time. So how do you keep up, like, besides that, like, that face-to-face -face seems to be something really, really good for you. Other than that, um, how you handle your team or anything like that, any specifics that you would say, hey, yeah, that actually allows me to be in business again five years later, three years later, compared to some of uh, other players in the game. I think for me, there's been a constant thirst for knowledge of business uh, and improving it. So 360 isn't the first one. Um, in fact, it's the third one. Um, and so I think I, I often tell people, especially the people that I coach, like, it didn't matter whether I was a photographer or if I was a restaurant owner. I think the passion for business was really, um, really in the veins. I okay. think it's something that I, I've that make always aspired. Right? Yeah. So I think part of it is the DNA, and you know, we often have conversations with people where you know sometimes they're not bred for number one. They might have entrepreneurial tendencies. Mm -hmm. um, you know, things that like they they might have the desire to want to be an entrepreneur, um, but when when they get faced with all the problems that an entrepreneur has, they put their tail between their legs right. and they kind of kind of wear right out, right? Um, whereas uh, I always look at it as a problem that I'm willing to overcome, and I don't, I rarely take no for an answer. Like okay. uh, I, I'm, I'm stubborn as fuck some days to really try to go after something that I really want that I really believe in, um, and I think that's that gives me the intestinal fortitude to weather a lot of the storms. Right. So that is one thing that I would say if you as a business owner is kind of deciding whether or not this is going to be your shtick um, right. as a business owner is like, are you willing to go completely against what everybody tells you to do because you know or you intuitively know that that is going to be the right thing. And right. sometimes the people around you, there's a reason why they're not business owners because um, they don't have the foresight, right? Right. Like, and and that's the thing. I mean, what would say your top quality is for being an entrepreneur today? Well, versus I, twenty years ago. Well, twenty years ago, it was just the hunger. It was it was at that point wanting the freedom. So I mean, I I really chased after trying to build things. Um, what I realized over the last maybe two or three years, where the real strength of what three sixty has become is that I apparently am a pretty decent leader. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and I, don't, I don't think that I'd be as successful without that team behind me. Uh, and so in that leadership space, I focus, I have the same principles that I do with people. 
um, externally, like our own clients. So I right. focus a lot of my time and energy on each and individual person within my organization. Um, I understand their motivation, I understand where they are in life, and I understand all the changes that kind of go through. And I kind of keep my finger on the pulse for everything, right. uh, which has allowed me to keep nimble, also to be able to pin people with certain strengths like, um, together, uh, mm -hmm. to, to work on certain projects, um, and to work on uh, the, the premise of a meritocracy instead of, right. um, instead of you have a particular position uh, and that you only stay in that position, we let everybody kind of like branch out and feel yeah. and we take a look at where they've evolved. So I think where the success has lied in the last three to five years is really in that leadership role where I've actually seen um, people come and take ownership of that, that space uh, that they're occupying. Um, really going gung ho, uh, going that extra mile that right. you know some people wonder why their their employees don't don't do, mm -hmm. and it's not like I paid them an exorbitant amount of money. Like it's yeah. not like, and, and that's why I think a lot of people get caught up on is is that um, because they uh, as a sole preneur, yeah, they, they equate value as money, money but right. value comes in all sorts of things. It, Absolutely, sometimes it comes in the form of extra time off, mm -hmm. flexibility and schedule. Um, you know the the mentorship and learning, right? Totally. Uh, the flexibility. I think those around. things have a lot more value, at least even for us, um, than money. Sometimes, you know, you're gonna have these really good developers that are gonna take the job just for the side value that you bring in versus the money and the paycheck at the end of the day. So yeah, that's pretty cool. And I think that's the the, the neat part about it is is um, we we spend so much time one on one that like when somebody I can tell when somebody's off right uh, off their game and knowing um, as a leader how everybody's operating and whether somebody's overworked or you know needs has something that you know they need to check out for a bit being able to put that finger on the pulse right. has really been um, been really amazing to watch what what's happened with the, the people in the organization right. thus far cool. so yeah. can you share with me like one of your biggest failures? Oh, biggest Business failures. or not? Ba biggest know? failures. So um, <laughs> prior to 360, um, I had an opportunity to create a uh, health studio. Um, and I mean, I was an active rehab therapist when I got it out of university. Okay. Um, and part of it was like, you know, this group of people wanted to create uh, a health studio and, you know, it was my first time working in a partnership. Okay. And it was the first, it was the hardest lesson I probably have had to learn is to realize how to really vet the people that you're going to work with because not everybody in the room works as hard as you. And I guess you sh I should have known better because like when you're well, in you school. you should never expect that. Because anyone, you're, right? when you're in school, you experience <laughs> it. Like you yeah. get these group projects and there's always one dude who just fucking drags. Right? Do it. <laughs> so, so in the end, the lesson cost me thirty grand, right? Okay. So it cost me thirty grand. Like it was gone. Like and I had to deal with all the fallout. Um, it was just a messy thing. Um, and and it, to me, I think, I think a lot of people would have just packed it in and said, like, I'm just gonna go get a job, because <laughs> the amount of shit that you deal with is is pretty astronomical. Um, and it might be like an area where you actually realize that you know what you're born an entrepreneur type stuff. When yeah, you I, those I, I mean, yeah. Right. If you if you're willing to stomach it and you're still willing to pick yourself up and go, well, that was a lesson, and you just keep on trucking and, and go after the next thing. I think that's a pretty good sign that there's 
there's something wrong with you. Right. Uh, <laughs> and that you probably built You're just some, different. You're not wrong. Yeah. You're just yeah. different. It's something <laughs> and you just and, and you're gonna they maybe you have that entrepreneurial tendency, right? right? Um, you know, that that's one possible indicator. But like I mean, thirty grand in the hole, I mean some people some people just would keel over and die. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, two, three grand in the hole people are already mm-hmm. struggling. So um, you know, and it's weathering all of the the calls, the the people who come after you for collections, right. um, you know, whatever all those things are. And you know, like my partners left me for dead, like li- literally left me for dead. Like one okay. one one wasn't even in the country before the end of the the, the full termination mess. And, right. and mess, right? So having to deal with that and breaking a lease, that was that was. I'm that sure you learned a lot. That was that traumatizing. <laughs> I did learn a lot. I, I was lucky. I had one extra person who. Who, who stuck it out with me uh, in that partnership and, and to this day, I mean, he's still, I feel like um, he's he's a good friend. Um, I don't get to see him often, but you know, I, I am forever indebted because he, out of that whole thing, the biggest fiasco, I knew who I had in my corner regardless, right? right? And that's really powerful. I mean, for you to have to go through that for four or five partners down to one mm-hmm. and no, one to stuck, stick it out with you, like, you know, like, that person is your ride or die bitch. Right. right? He's yeah, going to yeah, be absolutely. there for you um, and, and and he's he's willing to, to go that, that distance. So, I mean, with that, I'm grateful I found somebody and, but I think that was probably the biggest failure I've, I'd ever had. Okay. Um, you know, I think every other failure, even within 360 or pale by comparison, comparison to that to that awesome. that that was a clusterfuck hey maybe that was to prepare you better for 360 stuff. maybe i don't know i don't <laughs> know if it is but i just tried to find all the positive <laughs> stuff all over the place right <laughs> so tell me what's next for 360 well now in this space um i'm in in the wings i've been taking on clients for coaching um okay. and helping their businesses uh take off to another level um, part of it is a discovery and accumulation of all the things that's happened to me in my personal space uh, and then bringing that into uh, a distilled piece of content where you know we can help uh, another entrepreneur expand their horizon tackle key issues around things from cash flow to marketing um, to uh, CRMs uh, to just improving their own general right. general career um, so that's been relatively successful. I mean, uh, we've seen a couple of the clients do really well. One left uh, a really neat testimonial in the middle of one of our sessions, which I wasn't expecting. So, you know, I wish she told me because I, I look like shit in that <laughs> But, um, you know, for me, it was like he, he felt that I added tremendous value um, and helping him, you know, break, break a, a record that, that uh, takes him normally 12 years and he broke it in, in nine. So, uh, or 12 months and, and 12 he broke months. it in nine. Nice. Um, so he was super thrilled at that. And so trying to find all of that and now working towards that, that role where I want to find the, the tribe of people who understand that I'm not after the money necessarily, mm-hmm. but money comes as a byproduct, I think. Right. I, I, and, and, you know, a person would be foolish to say like, I'm not in it for the money. I, I am, but I'm not. Like money isn't the priority. Right. The, the it's success, not what drives yeah. us. Yeah. The, the success, yeah. success of the person who's sitting across from me is the, mm-hmm. the important part, right? Uh, and of and of course, I hope that if they're successful, that in turn helps my 
books, right? right? Um, and my books really isn't for me because I don't work for me. I tell everybody that I actually work for the guys who work for me because, yeah, absolutely. you know, that's, like, that's the truth. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, if I wanted just to work for me, I mean, I, I'd be more than happy and self-sustaining. Right. Um, but it's like the drive is is to have other people who have hopes and dreams right. um, that aren't going to be that number one but can't thrive in certain environments that wants a positive environment to work with that they're going to be able to find a home and that's my yeah, job absolutely. right my my job is to find the clients um, to to make sure that their business is running well uh, and that we get remunerated so that I can sustain the lifestyle and or dreams or help facilitate more dreams of the people who are working for me whether it's with our company or whether they have grander dreams that or that they're a stepping stone like like much like I said like whether an, we're an agency or not mm -hmm. doesn't matter and and we feel like the same from an HR perspective I don't expect everybody to be a lifer at no, 360 um, and and I think a lot of people uh, feel like well I'm just training my own competition and I don't feel that way I feel like I'm gonna help somebody else to their own dream right. uh, and and I don't I don't even really give two I don't really give it a second thought okay. uh, about helping them. And I think what that's done is it's turned around on its own where right. like they've accomplished something new and guess what? They've decided like, hey, I'm gonna go back to Justin because like like Absolutely. during this time, like he was there for us mm -hmm. and he didn't want anything. Yeah, you have that impression that you're building your next competition. But even if you will, because it did happen to me quite a few times. Uh, I, I actually see it as flattering because bottom line, you came and learned how we do things and then you walked on your own and you do it. Cool. Congrats. Right? Yeah. Never cool for the company that loses that good element, but you know, at the same time, it's about that personal growth where they get to grow and achieve what they're dreaming about. And that's what we're there for, right? Just helping them get there. So. Yeah. I think that's uh, the other part of that is, is it keeps you on your game. Because yes. if, if you've trained your own competition and they've killed you, then mm -hmm. you deserve to die. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, so if and I, I tell people, I was like, yeah, I don't mind. I I mean, I train my own competition, but at the end of the day, I'm still standing, um, and it's because I'm playing chess. I'm already three, four, five steps ahead of that person. Right. Um, because that's that's the game that I have to mm -hmm. play. Uh, and if that person feels like that they're going to be the cat's meow and they're going to try to win the game, go ahead. The game is about execution, and so if you think you can over execute me, great. Go oh, ahead. Go Absolutely. for it. But in a room full of 100 people, you give them all the same tools, not everybody's going to execute. No, exactly. So, who am I to, who am I to care? Right? Like, go ahead, do you. I'm going to help you wherever I can um, and, and help get you off the ground. And if you great, great. If you do it, awesome. Right? Yeah, if you don't, no skin off my back. No, exactly. I gave you everything that I could possibly give. Right. I left it on the table for you. It's your stick. Right? Yeah. Nothing that we learned can no. be found. Like, if they want to learn... Whatever you do, you learned it somewhere. So Absolutely. guess what? It's available. So <laughs> me trying to hide my secret sauce, there's no point. There's no point. No, right? I, I mean, no. Yeah, there's just really no point. It's right. it's all about the execution. Very cool. Very nice. Uh, let's see here. What do we got? Check. Uh, all right. So okay. At Digit, we really believe in the power of integrated uh, marketing campaigns. So when it comes down to what you're doing with 360, um, what makes 360 truly unique from all your competition? Well, if you're, say, I mean, you have to parse it out, it depends on where you, where you define competition. So if you say another photographer, we have such a deep understanding of brand um, and, you know, how to 
to repurpose all the things that we do do um, into tangible pieces for the consumer. So we're able to monetize on it um, and we're able to think on behalf of a client. Whereas I think the average photographer goes out, has a sort of a, a basic understanding of what they want and then they just go to execute it where you know we ask pointed questions, we, we poke holes in theories and not not to be not to put a chip on our shoulder, but more so because we want to cross all the T's and dot all the I's for right. the client, right? Uh, it doesn't serve me any good to make you feel like shit, but it serves me a hell of a lot of good to make you feel like shit because you have a problem in your business mm -hmm. that if you fixed it would make my job a hell of a lot easier the next step, right? right? Um, and and so if I look at it that way, that I'm doing it purely out of care and and consideration for my client and not because I want to be a jerk, right. um, then I think that's where we we shine, right? And I think a lot of our contemporaries, like they go out to an event and just like, oh yeah, I capture stuff, and they just go capture stuff, and they take they don't think about anything else other than capturing it, handing over the files, and see you later. They're transactional, and we're not. We're, we're relationship based, um, and whether it's a transactional experience, we're always looking for a way as in how can we develop a stronger relationship. Right. Um, even though it was a transaction once, mm -hmm. could we still add value somewhere along the way where that person didn't think of? Because at the end of the day, that's how we also win the game. It's because that person goes, oh yeah, like he created this and he totally like read my mind. Like I needed something okay. like extra and I didn't know how to put it into words or I didn't know how to put it into a graphic or whatever. And these guys just went ahead and did a little bit extra um, because they were thinking and they're on the gun. Right. right? Like that's, yeah, okay. that's, that's one Very of the interesting. So what does 360 Media do different than none of your competitors do? Hmm. What? To be absolutely honest with you, I don't think that there is a company out there that doesn't have some form or part of what we do. I think, mm -hmm. I mean, I think as most businesses, I wouldn't say every business, but I'd say where there's most businesses, um, there is going to be overlap um, to some degree and in some some way, shape or form. But I think it's the accumulation and the passion that gets driven behind it that makes the real difference, right? Um, so yeah, people can take photos, people can be strategists, like they can be a digital agency. Um, at the end of the day, what would make me different is that when you speak with me, um, and any of the people on the team, you know 100% that we're in your corner and okay. that we're going to be looking out for you um, at, at all time. You are our primary concern and we are looking to hedge all bets to make sure that we give you uh, the best overall product so that we can give you for whatever your budget is, okay. but also looking for things that are coming ahead that you don't see as the iceberg. Right. Um, and, and I think that level of care is something that maybe not as common, no, but it exactly. is accumulation of factors is that we're not transactional. We don't operate as a transactional company. Um, right. We try to, no matter how that person comes into our system, we always want to try to find a way to deepen that relationship. Very cool. Interesting. So, all right, final question, I guess. Um, if 360 uh, wasn't in Vancouver, where would it be? You know, I toyed about this for a long period of time. Um, I actually have a, a substantial number of clients that are in the Toronto area, uh, and we receive business from you know a large large cities. So, um, L.A., New York, when um, you know Dallas, when they have 
conferences that are in Vancouver um, in, from London. Um, when, they're, when they're in Vancouver, we get found. And I often think about it because when we go through those activations or we, we work, do work with them, um, we find a very common thread is like, oh, I wish we had somebody over, you know, wherever, right. just like your company. And I'm sure they exist. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I, I, would, I would be really hard pressed to, to believe that other companies wouldn't exist. Um, that offer something similar that just they're not common right right um, and so I think that I feel Vancouver is actually a really small city um, mm -hmm. by comparison to a lot of the metropolitan cities in Canada and the US right so I think by virtue of scale and money in the system mm -hmm. I don't think Vancouver has a ton of money in the system I think they're in a very small niche pocket which isn't really abundantly available to tap. Right. I think I would have done better, say, in Toronto, New York, LA, um, Miami, although I wouldn't want to live in Miami personally. Um, just why not? not? I gotta ask, I lived there for many years. Yeah. Okay, so what's, what's your favorite part about Miami? Um, my God, the beach. Um, I'd say the beach, and the worst thing is, and don't hate me for it, um, <laughs> I'd say it's a superficial life. I'm not going to say any people, but the superficial life is annoying. Yeah, it's a lot of front. It, yes, yeah, a lot of front, a lot of front, front, a lot of flossing, a lot um, of fixing, but not a, not a lot of substance some days, right? No, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I mean, a lovely place. Beach, you know, I want to lay But I can get that in L.A., Right, like I can get beautiful yeah, just beaches and tip LA. your toes in both, and then tell me what you get in LA. <laughs> <laughs> tip my yeah, toes in both. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, and I love LA. Um, I mean, I think I think every city has that layer of superficiality, but I think there's some places where a little this, bit more than others. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I just feel like I feel like if you dig really deep into the the core of or like to to that subculture uh, after that superficial, you find a lot of people who are really just hustle, like yes. they really just push. Um, and some are successful, some are not, and that's okay. But yeah, everybody's absolutely. out there trying to grind away. Trying well, that's to what I was there. saying. You right? know, I'm not going to say any person. It's yeah. not the people no, per se, because deep inside, I mean, they're hustlers and yeah, they're trying like to make in happen. New, and... In New York, like, like everybody out there is mm -hmm. on a hustle, right? And everybody absolutely. out there is trying to make something of themselves, which is great. It's a fast-paced environment, and I love that. Like, I find Vancouver some days really slow. Like, <laughs> like, I want quick meetings. I want in-out production meetings, but I don't... Um, I mean, I understand the need for longer conversation and fluff. Like some people right. just need that. That's cool. But I am damn in and out. Like, <laughs> like I, I enjoy going to the fucking bagel shop right. and putting down my two two dollars and forty nine cents, get my fucking bagel, and see you later. Yeah, Not yeah, looking yeah. at the menu and going, oh, what would you get? Oh, I don't know what I would get. I'm like, I know what I want. I just want to get it. Yeah. Good see morning. On. Thank you. See you later. Right? So do you think that's like a Vancouver thing to be so like that? It feels like, like it's... me. You you work like all yeah. over the place. Yeah, right? and yeah. I feel like that. I mean, like the Toronto clients that come, like, they're on it. Like they're they're in. So they're yes out there. Now. Yeah, it's I mean, yes or no. Like I get quick answers here, and it's 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 a little bit it's a little bit softer. Right. Softer is the word. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. Yeah. Totally agree. Um, and and sometimes I think like budget, I guess reality. In Vancouver is is skewed because I think there's so many people who are willing to do it for free um, mm -hmm. and because of the population isn't abundantly large right. the combination of the two makes all the people who do do it as a business suffer because everybody who's willing to do it for yeah, free is now there. suddenly you're fighting against the free <laughs> yeah and, and, and <coughs> about free but when you have 
when there's a disproportionate amount mm -hmm. of free, it makes it versus, hard to compete. It makes it harder to compete. Whereas, like in a metropolitan yeah. city like Toronto, Montreal, New York, your population density is like you get people, people that do it for free, but and that's not okay. as quick but or not. By as comparison, there's a really large difference between the two, right? Because like in a large metropolitan city, I'm like people aren't living at home with their mama. Yeah. Vancouver, that's really common. That's true. Home, what it is, huh? right? Like in Toronto, <laughs> like in New York, people. Are, People are out on their own, like yeah. hustling hard to make rent. So not a lot is for free. I mean, they, they do one or two free to get yeah. their foot in the door, but like that's but about that, it. Yeah, like, that's but about like, it. They, they're hustling, they're hustling hard. And I think that's highly respectable, um, you know, and, and it just speaks about execution here. I meet tons of people who tell me grand things about how they're going to execute. And three or four months later, I see them in the same damn place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know. Well, that's sad. Yeah, we have this area right now, this moment in time where everybody thinks they could do it as a number one, and obviously, nobody, not everybody, can do it. So we see a lot of those failures more and more, right? Yeah. Three, four, six months, a year later, whatever. Yeah. So. And I believe, like Gary Vaynerchuk probably says it best. It's like this is the area era where entrepreneurship became cool. Yes. Um, and and everybody <laughs> thinks of it as like this cool thing to like do. Like again. But I mean, I mean, entrepreneurship is something that you you really have to have a knack for. Yeah, I think, and that uh, is super cool. Then it's super enjoyable if yeah. you have that inside of you. Yeah, if you don't instant. have that, then it becomes like a complete nightmare. Yeah, and that's probably why we have so much suicide and all that on top of it, right? In the entrepreneur world. Yeah. So super cool. Um, you know what? Last question. Um, so you started uh, 360 Media in 2002. What would you have done differently knowing what you know today? Oh, if I had to start 360 Media all over again, I think I might have diversified the portfolio earlier. I think I would have, I probably would have gone the route of acquiring design and copyright earlier um, and and change the face of what 360 would have become. I would have probably become an agency earlier um, in terms of being able to produce content. I would have loved to ride that social media wave um, a lot more than I did um, because I was so focused at building the business in itself, right? right? Do you think that wave is over? I think it's so like everything else, the first bucket in is always the most successful oh, bucket, yeah. right? Now, like everybody wants in, mm. which is which is fine, it's great, but now there's so much more noise that you have to yeah. elevate and... Well, now and, only the best will stand Yeah, the cream right? of the crop, right? Uh, or the people who are persistent enough to yeah. stay just and ride it until right. everybody else just can't keep up. Absolutely. Right. Because, I mean, there are people who produce great content just not generating enough revenue. And guess what? Like, that's the long game of that is, is they're yeah. just, they're going to fall short because right. they got to pay bills and that's going to win. Like, Absolutely. So, you know, if you're in a place where, you know, you can afford to, to stay consistent and you don't have to be the, the cream of the crop, you just have to find your tribe, find your voice and, and yeah. start, keep pushing out to your top thousand. Um, mm -hmm. And that's enough. And I think that's a, I think a lot of people get hung up on the hundreds of thousands, the okay. monetizing you know well that's a dream million. that yeah. you know the internet sells us, right it's like problem. hollywood in the 50s 40s right it's yeah. like everybody that would open a tv suddenly is like 
I want to be a Hollywood star and I'll make millions. And I'm yeah. just like, whoa. And, and the reality is, is for, <laughs> for every millionaire, there's hundreds of non... Non-millionaires. Yeah, not guys who are brown bagging and picking money out of the, uh, right. out of the fountain, right? Um, and, and that's the, the, the real hard reality of it, I think. Um, so, I mean, I would have loved to start the agency model earlier. I think um, I think I would have found a deeper love and connection. And I think I probably would have accelerated the business growth um, yeah. a lot farther in, in Vancouver. Because I think the amount of money that I sunk into the technology side of, of things really put a, a financial hiccup into right. to where I'm at. I mean, without that financial investment, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. Like by, by comparison of our peers, I wouldn't have the same stockade of equipment. I wouldn't have the same capacity as I would if I started right away now. Right. Right. Like, um, where, so that's where like a lot of people who want to get into my space in the corporate world, um, they're struggling because they can't have three or four people out there with their own equipment. Can't no, have exactly. the same turnaround time. Um, they can't keep up with the customer service. It's just too much. It's overwhelming. Right. Um, I had the time to build that and I focused so much effort on building that. Um, but had I known that I would have had such a deep passion for helping business owners rather than just doing my own business, if I'd known that I have the passion, I probably would have got an agency role earlier or got into business consulting um, and changed That's streams altogether. Right. Yeah, because it, it was- your face of your business. It, it is. Uh, and, and I don't know if 360 will evolve that way or if it'll be a spinoff, um, but I feel like it wasn't until maybe the last year or so that I really discovered how deep a passion I have for helping a person's business that like I get really frustrated looking at a person's business that's suffering right. and I'm willing to help and offer advice like free of charge which sometimes comes off as arrogant but it's because I like truly deeply want that person to succeed um, and and well too bad for them to think it's arrogant because like their loss it's their loss because yeah. honestly I'm not coming from a malicious place I'm not coming from a place that I think that I'm higher up. It's just, it's just the there's way. a fucking problem. Yeah, there's a problem. Fix Let's it. fix it. <laughs> That's a nice place to end it. Yeah. <laughs> so, Thank you very much, Justin. Thank you for really having me. appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, looking forward to the next time. Perfect. Thanks, buddy.